Podcast with John and Jeff. My name is John Biscardi, and this week we are speaking with Mr. Scott Kinney. Scott is the curator of the Retro Expo uh, coming up next week, July 23rd at 24th at the Plano Event Center in Plano, Texas. Scott, welcome to the program. Why don't you tell us what is going on down in Plano? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a big dealer's room. It's 35,000 square feet. So that's the kind of show I wanted to put on. And the guests are new for me. I've been doing these retro collectible shows. Oh, but this is the first show that I've got where we had some bigger media guests. So that's a new, the autograph thing is really like a new component for me. Mm-hmm. I, I know. I've done shows like that, but it's been, it's been a long time since I've done shows where we actually had, you know, paid guests and people signing autographs, stuff like that. Now, what, where, how did, how did the, the company start? I, I know that the, there's an official name of the company, correct? Behind Retro Expo? Correct. Yes. Well, it's. My wife and I have a company called Heritage Event Company, and we've we put on, we've been putting on collectible events for like ten or eleven years now in states all around the Midwest, like Oklahoma, Texas, Missouri, Arkansas, Colorado, Utah, Louisiana, Kansas. But we more recently started doing a, you know toy and comic shows and. And, you know, more collectible, a little bit more retro or vintage toy and comic shows. And that's just, that's just been growing. And of course, the collectible market is really growing and I'm a collector and that's what I go. That's what I like to do at shows when I go to cons and stuff. I, I'm really going to go to the dealer's room. I'm not a big autograph collector. Is this, is this just a, an excuse to go shopping? Yes. Yeah. It's creating, it's like. I'm trying to create the Chicago Toys Show, which is my favorite show in the world, uh, down here in this neck of the woods. So, if you had to describe how you got, how did you how did you get into collectibles? Was it just as a kid one day you bought something, and you know a few years later you found it again, and like, oh, you know, I really. That's pretty neat that I still have that. And let me, let me see what else I can add to this. You know, is it, was there one thing that sparked this whole thing? I think I, I, I think I just have the, the bug. I think some people are kind of, and maybe a lot of people are, I mean, maybe it's very common because I do know that there, you know, everybody seems to collect something. Rarely do you meet someone that just doesn't have a little collection of salt pepper shakers or something, but you know, some people are worse than others. And I think at a young age, I started thinking about preserving or hanging on to some of my toys and things. So I think some of it is just, just a personality trait. So when I got out of college, I started buying again, you know, in my early twenties, like going to flea markets, eating in and buying Star Wars action figures and stuff like that in back issue comics. And it's just, I never, I, I guess I had a little bitty break there from high school and college. And then, <laughs> you know, went back to the stuff I liked as a kid. Right. Now there's, there's one thing in your personal collection that is your favorite. Do you have a favorite, you have a favorite collectible? Well, I, you know, stuff from the seventies and toys from the seventies are really kind of my thing. Cause that's really when I was playing with toys, I kept, I kept buying them almost as a collector into even like not, you know, junior high, I was still, I, cause the star Wars films were still coming out. And so I was still buying, I, I, I you know, I didn't outgrow them until the movies were over and when the movies were over in 83. Pretty soon after that, I switched to comic books and I became like this hardcore geek, you know, comic book geek. But I had been that way since I was in, I think about sixth grade, I went to my first comic convention 
in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I was born and raised, a little show called Ocon in 1980. And I think Alan Dean Foster was the guest of honor. And Alan Dean Foster is, of course, a novelist who's written a bunch of novelizations of films like Alien. And I know he's written a Star Wars novel. I think, I think the first Star Wars novel I think he wrote. So I, you know, I had been into the com comic books in that scene and even, you know, bought back issues as a kid at, um, you know, comic store. So I, you know, I, I don't, for whatever reason, I, I gravitated to that world early on and just kind of hung on to it. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned, you mentioned Star Wars stuff. I have actually on, on my, my toy shelf over here, I found this, I moved from McKinney to Denison and was going through some boxes to just get rid of some junk. And I actually found this, and this was one of my favorite things ever. I don't have any, any I don't have any of the Dyke figures. I, I think I remember having the Carbonite Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. That's the Kingdom Micro collection, not yeah. Micro Machines. It's a very similar concept. You know, Micro Machines who were big in the 90s and the figures were plastic, but the Kenner Micro Collection, like the, that set you're holding in your hand, they had metal uh, figures, painted metal figures, and they were heavy. I think there was a Death Star. I know they did some vehicles. I know they did a, a Snow Speeder in the Micro Collection, an X-Wing. Yeah, they did a Death Star playset. They did some more Bespin parts, like the the set that has the window that that Darth Vader, there's a switch and Darth Vader can kick Luke out the the window. Yeah. And there's a Luke figure that where he's he's kind of like standing there, kind of bent over, like, you know, Darth Vader is like force pushing him out. And I'm trying to think of some some of the other micros sets. I didn't I didn't have those as a kid. And what's weird is, oh, there's some Hoth ones. There's yeah. a couple of yeah. micro play sets. I have somewhere and I, now that you mentioned that, I, I think I do have Han in Hoth gear, the little die cast Han in Hoth gear. I have a little snow speeder and I, and I think it came with, I can't remember if, if it was actually the Hoth or if it was just one of my wife's winter things that we pull out at Christmas time. But I do remember some kind of snow mound yeah. at, uh, that came with the the uh, the micro yeah, there's, there's one that has like one of the hoth ones is the ion cannon i think from from that scene you know where they're trying to escape and they shoot the star destroyers in orbit i think one of them is an ion cannon and i think one of them is the wampa cave and there is a die cast metal wampa he's real yes. uh, he's he's probably the biggest figure they made i think uh, i think that i had because I remember the Wampa. Yeah. And there's a figure of Luke hanging upside down that you can slide into a little, a little bracket or whatever inside that. Very, very cool little setup because they didn't make that a play set like that in the larger scale. They made that figure, they made the Wampa figure in that scale, but not like a Wampa cave at that scale. Yeah, that was, uh, I wish, you know. It's like I always tell, we did a Star Wars show on May the 4th and we got into talking about our collectibles and it always seems to, you know, get me down when I think, when I, when I think about all the Star Wars stuff that my dog got and buried in my backyard back home that, you know, the next people that moved into the house, you know, they're putting in an in-ground pool and all of a sudden there's the whole Kenner Star Wars line buried buried in the shallow end of the pool that they're pulling up with the, with the excavator, you know, it's cause I had all that stuff and, you know, I'd find, you know, my dog had gotten it and chewed off Leia's head, you know, and, and now they're buried in the backyard somewhere. Yeah. So yeah. Let's, let's, let the, uh, let's talk about the guests uh, going to be at the, at the show this week. We mentioned a green ranger. Anybody, anybody else appearing this weekend? It's uh, it's, yeah, it's next weekend. It's it's Friday and Saturday, July 23, 24. Like I said, it's a the Friday evening is 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 a VIP um ticket entry. And it's more expensive, though we do have a coupon that your uh, listeners can get in on to save 25% off 
off of that. And I think I see that file. You're going to put that, uh, we'll that in the show notes so and share it with everybody. Or you could just put the code in there. But, and then, then Saturday is general admission and will be open, you know, like nine to four on Saturday, but the 23rd, let's see, the, no, it's 24th. And yeah, Jason David Frank is, is going to be Saturday only. He won't be there on VIP night on Friday, but the, the, all the other guests will be there both Friday and Saturday. And one of them is Amy Allen, who played a Jedi, the, the Twilight. Is that what they are? The, the blue girls with the. Right. Yeah. With Rhino horns. She's like a Twilight uh, Jedi in both the last two uh, of the prequels, like Revenge of the Sith and Attack of the Clones, I think, in the last two. And, and she's like, okay. Yeah, she'll be there both days. And Amy's interesting because she actually started working on Star Wars as a special effects artist. And George Lucas actually saw her and I guess thought she was a good looking chick or whatever. <laughs> and <laughs> cast her as this, uh, this blue Jedi chick. And then Jet Lucas is going to be there both days. And Jet is, you know, of course, uh, George Lucas is an adopted son, but he has, he has a role in... Let's see. What's his character's name? Padawan Zet Jakusa. So he's another prequel, a Star Wars character, and he's one of the Padawans, I think, that gets killed. Uh, Spoiler. Yeah, yeah, well, I think he's, I think he was the guy on the bridge when Senator Organa, was it Bail Organa? Uh, it's, I think he was there when he was the guy who protected character. He doesn't look like, yeah, you're right. He doesn't look like a Padawan. So he might, well, I didn't, I didn't really look into that, but I guess he is a Jedi. Yeah, he's, he's, and it's Jedi Padawan. So he probably still had his little lock of hair in the back. Yeah. yeah. And then we also have John Morton. And uh, John Morton is probably, to most Star Wars people, most recognizable as Dak, the gunner, the snowspeeder gunner that got killed in uh, the battle with Luke. And, and I guess it's because he actually got FaceTime. Because a lot of those guys, you know, wore helmets or costumes or masks or, or whatever. And he, John actually got you know some pretty good speaking lines and and you know facetime you know with with the hero luke and then of course a death scene you know dies it dies a hero but he also played boba fett he was wearing the fett costume on screen during the scene when he he i think vader says no disintegrations or whatever Mm-hmm. No, 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 not, not that one. That, that was earlier. This, this one took place on Bespin. Uh, oh, he's no good to me dead. That's what he said. Uh, of course that, that line was dubbed in, but he, he was wearing the Fett costume in that scene. I didn't know that in, so, um, he's one of the, he's two of the five Fets and I didn't realize that John Morton had a, a Fett role until he, he agreed to do the show. Yeah. I started looking into him and I was like, oh, I had no clue that he, yeah, he was also a fat. I just assumed he was just the Dak character, but, you know, other people, you know, got to play multiple roles, you know, as costumed characters because you couldn't see their face. So they got to play, you know, right. several different people. And one of our guests, another one of our guests is Dickie Beer and Dickie played several different denizen, you know, job of the hut denizens in the skiff seat it costs you know in in a mask i think he was a gamorian guard and he was definitely boba fett on the skiff doing stunt work uh like during the scene when you know luke chops his gun off that's that's dicky doing that that stunt and there was two different stuntmen in that scene too aside from dicky but he uh was also a stunt coordinator in hollywood and a stuntman so he's it, his, he's done some pretty big films, like, you know, other geek films. Like I know he, he did stunt work in like Superman two, you know, films like that. So he's got a, oh, and, and a, you know, at least, at least two James Bond films. 
he was a stuntman. Oh, he was a stuntman in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I think he, he fought in the, in the scene where the propeller is destroying the boat. Oh, okay. On the, yeah. In, in Venice. In Venice, yeah. yeah. He's, he's the guy in, in the, that was one of the protectors of the grail. I think that character is supposed to be Arabic or Jewish or something. Mm-hmm. Or that's Dickie wearing a, a wig and, and a, a fake, you know, mustache and, you know, a fighting Harrison Ford. Very cool. Very cool. Now I have, I have some photos here that I, I grabbed off of the, I guess you, you're on Facebook. Yeah. And I, it's just some, some pretty cool photos of, I guess this is the stuff that is, you know, usually available at. Yeah. Um, those are, yeah. Previous shows I've done, this show is called Retro Expo because I'm doing it in partnership with a friend here. But previously, I've done shows called Retromania shows in Dripping Springs, Texas, which is just outside of Austin, about 20 minutes west of Austin. And I did that one about a month ago. And then I did a show in New Braunfels, Texas, about a month earlier than that, another Retromania show. And no big media guests or anything, just all all about the shopping, you, you know, the merchandise. But the shows were incredibly well attended. They were, they were crowded. People were just like, like we were discussing earlier, there hasn't been any cons for a couple of years. Uh, so people, I guess, at least in Texas are just dying to get out there and, you know, look for comic books and toys and video games and VHS tapes and t-shirt. The toys are new and old. There's custom action figures. There's, we've got guys coming to the show that do produce like awesome custom action figures, local guys, one guy from Oklahoma and one guy from Bells, Texas, who has a victory comics has a custom action figure studio in Bells. He's bringing his stuff there. You can see video games. There's lots of retro consoles, retro games, Nintendo, Atari, Sega, all kinds of stuff. Now I have, I, I have my very first home console doesn't work anymore, but it is, it's one of those items that is cherished. Yeah. And, and everybody wants me to throw it away, but I, I just, it's kind of heavy. So let me, let me see if I can grab it here. You've, you've, I know you've seen this, this before. Oh, is that a Bechtrex? This is a, this is my Vectrex. Yeah. Very first video game that I ever had. And it doesn't work anymore? It, well, it lights up. It makes a, uh, a buzzing sound and I get a, a, a bright blue dot in the dead center mm. of the, of the screen. So I'm just wondering if, you know, maybe that. Because I think it has a tube in it. It's an old tube. Yeah. You know, and maybe the tube just wore out, but. You don't, you don't see those real often. I mean, I, I have seen them at, at shows, but I, it's not as common. You don't see them very often. They're cool systems. I, I'd like to have one. I have, I have that. And I think I have three, three, three games for it left. I used to have a lot more Minecraft, Mindstorm. Cause that one was built into it. That was my favorite. That was like asteroids. Yeah. And then I have, it had those screen lay overlays that go on it. I have my Star Trek, the motion picture with the overlay. Oh. Uh, and I think it's berserk. Oh yeah. I don't have the overlay for that one. Yeah. Th- those are all of those vector based games. So makes sense. And that's what that is, is, you know, it's, it looks like laser beams on the screen. You know, it's like uh, Tempest and the the Star. Their first Star Wars game was that way. Yeah, you say favorite arcade game. Yeah, Asteroids is probably the most famous vector-based game because I think everyone played Asteroids at one point or another. Well, yeah, you know, you had to put your quarters in somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, we see showing up at our shows and I, it delights me to no end is people bringing cool VHS tapes to sell. 
not like crappy ones, not like the common stuff that you just see over and over and over, but like good horror titles from the eighties, like slasher stuff, you know, the harder to find tapes. And that's the kind of show I wanted is like kind of a, you know, a mixed collector show. Cause I collect, if it's from my childhood or that era, I'm interested in it. If it's a coloring book or a pin back, you know, all, you know, t-shirt, even if I can't wear it, even if it's too small, you know, from the seventies, I'll, I, I might want it. And I have right. worked out my collection, you know, I, I think it, I think it's pretty funny that, you know, nowadays there, everybody's going for that retro, that retro look, mm -hmm. you know, like yeah. I, have, I have, and I think I saw a picture of this on, on one of the, on one of your images. I have, I have this from, this is a, I don't know if this is the widescreen. This, this must be the widescreen version of Return of the Jedi that was in a box set. But I also have found this. I found this at Walmart. And it's a t-shirt, but it's, it's made to look like. Uh, yeah. yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah, everybody's, you're right. Everybody's getting in on that, that retro look, but there's something that was, I don't know, especially old packaging. There's something that was just uh, more fun and pure about old packaging, because if, if you, if you pick up a Star Wars action figure today, they're doing a better job, especially with like the retro collection card backs and stuff to, to give you a, a cool old school Star Wars vibe. But if you turn the card over on the back, it's like full of text. Right. Yeah. It's like the whole entire back is just as much tiny, small text as they can possibly squeeze in that, that small amount of space. And it's just no fun. And I, it's today, all the, I guess all the legal jargon and warnings <laughs> that they, you have to put on, you know, my packaging just kind of, you know, drives me nuts. And I, there's something, I guess it's just simpler and funner. It was, it was, it was more, and also old packaging had more traditional art, like painted art. Right. Oil. Right. Paint. And that's, you know, you hardly see it today. It's just no one, you know, was, I don't know if they're not willing to pay for it or they can't have enough control over it or what. Well, it's all corporate run and all mass produced. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of old packaging, it looks like we finally uh, got him connected. Here is Jeff. Jeff, having a little rough time uh, logging in today, but uh, he made it. <laughs> Good morning, Vietnam. Lots of freestyle. Oh, awesome. Glad to join you guys. Well, it's it's, it's nice to finally get you uh, connected correctly. I think I think that phone you were trying to log in on needs to go back to the warehouse. Yeah, I got a thousand dollar phone and 4K. <laughs> you guys were talking to me on a phone, a laptop from the 2015. <laughs> so it's a retro, uh, a retro PC. The retro so, PC. Yeah. I so, carry a real phone. We, uh, we, we were discussing uh, a whole bunch of, of things that are going on at the, at the show, you know, the Scott, nice to meet you, man. Nice to meet you, Jeff. Now this, this set here, this classic Star Trek. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Up in the left, top left hand corner. Yeah. That's, that's something else that I had that one day I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. And my son comes in with Scotty and says, look what I found in the garage. And then oh. it's with everybody else. Wait, hey, hanging out with James Duhan? Yeah. They, he was, he, he, they ripped open that whole box. Just opened it up. Well, yeah, it's meant to be played with. It's a toy. Hanging out with Scotty, James Duhan. 
So yeah, that was, that was a cool piece that I had now. Jeff, Jeff collects, what is your, what is your newest fixation, Jeff? Oh man, I don't know if you can see this because you got lag in time. Can you see this? I can see. Oh, got it. This is a, uh, this is one four scale Galaga. Yeah. You see like a back, back yeah. Oh, yeah, you're on. Right. There you go. Thanks, Sean. Thanks, thanks for the big screen. Big <laughs> zap. It's actually a place of Rolands. And, and it's the actual, if you look behind it, it has the grips like back in the days because you had to transport it. It was really heavy. So you have to have the back ends to grip it, put on the dollar. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they detail this to the T, yeah. one fourth scale. So if you got four of these, it'll equal the size of the same one. I measured. <laughs> she caught four of these. Um, is it mass for deep? Well, yeah, it, it stands the same size. It stands the same height. Yeah, it's one fourth scale, just like Mini Me. Oh no, that's one eighth. That's his size. That's right. I'm, I'm sorry. Right. You're thinking about this guy. He, he he's one six scale the original. He's six foot tall. That's pretty cool. Now, Scott, if you if you had if you had a holy grail collectible, what what would your holy grail collectible be? I have a lot of those things already. Like for a long time, the Kenner Alien, the the big 18 inch Kenner alien came out in 1979 and bombed as a toy. Getting one of those in like a box was, you know, like my Holy grail or whatever, but I found one. I mean, cause I'm always looking, I I'm collecting constantly. So eventually I hunted one down and got it for a price that I could afford. And, and, but yet remaining there's a, I also collect a toy line called Shogun warriors, which are all imported. Uh, toys from Japan in the late seventies. Again, another seventies toy. They did a Godzilla, which is the most famous one. The same Shogun Warriors, the Godzilla, he sticks his tongue out when you uh, click the le lever in the back of his head. Everybody knows that one. And the, he pushes uh, fists. There's a, you know, a button you launch his fist with a spr it's spring loaded. How all the big ones, they, there's a, uh, I think there's eight of the big ones. Have all eight of them, but they made a bunch of small ones too. And it's the small ones I've been chasing around trying to get all of those. So there's, there's several pieces from the Shogun Warriors line that to have everything that they release is my goal. Uh, there's a few more pieces I need and, and they're all like really expensive, of course, you know, right. Let me, let me, let me show you this picture. Now you can tell this is. This is, this is probably 70s. You can tell that just from the carpet. Well, we know the carpet's from the 70s, but this is probably, I don't remember how old I was when I got this, but this is, oh, yeah. I, was that Mazinga? Uh, yeah, that's, that, that's Mazinga. And it, yeah, it's probably the 70s. It could be early 80s. And of course, it, is that your photo? That is, that is my living room carpet. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it looks like seventies decor to me, the colors, that, that furniture, but it could have been early eighties too. Honestly, I swear there's this telephone on top of that stand, right? <laughs> there you can see the cord, right? Yeah. That's the old telephone. Whoa, I was there. You had to have a long one too. So you could talk in the other room, you know, when you, when you wanted to have a, a conversation with your girlfriend. You had to have like a, because there was only one phone in my house. Mm -hmm. We had this like super long cord. So if I wanted to talk to my girlfriend. What, you're rich and had more than one phone? Yeah. 
Let it, not, let it take the long cord, stretch it all the way back to your bedroom. I'd say it, it, it barely fit inside my bedroom door, so I could just I could just barely close the door. And just go on the we had we had one of those wool hangers in the kitchen, and then we yeah. had one uh, we had one in the den uh, downstairs on the on the lower level. Yeah, of the ranch. So we had to have two because to keep going upstairs to answer the phone. Not that anybody called you, you know, back in those days. If it was, if you, if it was, if you got a call back in the day, you know, somebody was either dead or on their way for a visit. So you know, you, you either go into the closet and getting a suit, or going to the kitchen and getting some snacks for when they get there. Yeah. So, I don't. I don't know how we coordinated anything without the cell phones back then. It's like how did how did people even know when you were home to call you? Did they just call you over and over and over until they got you? I can't remember. Well, that's have you? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not ringing. Yeah, this that, is a nineteen nineteen forty phone. You probably don't even have down to, the phone. to go with it, do you? Down to the phone. That is cool. It took forever to dial too. <laughs> That's like that. Uh, that zero one. Uh, that Chris Rock, uh, you know, scene from Lethal Weapon Four. You know, with the old rotary phone where five, six. Oh, I screwed thirty. Yeah, and so it was like. Yeah, it was, it was, you know, looking, looking at all this, you know, the pictures, it, it just, it just, I can't wait to, to go to the show, honestly, because it is, it is going to be like a walk down memory lane. Yes, for sure. Of, of what I watched and, you know, my life growing up, like, like I, I watched Masters of the Universe, you know, I, I watched that cartoon every day. Now I I don't know if we're allowed to call you know you know this is I guess just Boba Fett's ship now we can't oh man I forgot we about that it. we can't call it that anymore <laughs> I forgot yeah those those boy went up in value right there probably yeah I mean that was at my last show that whoopee yeah to remember though back in the nine well. Late nineties, early two thousands. That's when you know, robot chicken started making fun of that, and that's yeah. when you know what was his name? Oh God, draw a blank to play to play them. But uh, he said, "I'm not keen on that name." Not keen on that name. We Orlando, Orlando. Yeah, that's like no crazy one. I really don't think I. Yeah. If you put in the clip, it'd be way cooler. <laughs> I don't know. Are we allowed to play that clip? We get canceled. Yes, you are. Because it's you know for the days. These things are really neat. What? Yeah, the monster you know, style. These are the these are the original uh, Universal monsters, correct? Well, the ones on top. Some of them are those Telco monsters that would come out at, at Halloween, like. Like in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and into the 90s, you could still get these guys, you know, all the classic monsters. And they had just a little button, you know, that you'd push and the monster would do a little dance and it plays a song. And then the ones on the the bottom are, I think, That's rare ones. I think those are General Giant or Hot Toys or something like that. Like they're they're more modern, but they're... They're super expensive, like that Frankenstein. That's right. Is well, see, the, the thing is that the, the re-genre of it, the reviving of the uh, industry is making those more higher priced than the old school toys. Because I was over at, um, you know, Dallas Vintage Toys, and they had the ones on top that you're talking about in the box. Yeah, yeah. Cool for a bucks a piece, and people yeah. got to touch them. All day long, guys downstairs, man. Yeah, yeah, and then and they're they're even more pricey. Th those are original on the bottom there with the pink stickers. Those are original carded, 
He-Man figures. No, no, no. No, they're not. I take that. Those are, those are the new lines. The ones with the, that are kind of. Yeah. The retro. Yeah. Yeah. Retro play. Yeah. Okay. Those are the, those are the, I'm sorry. There are some vintage ones at this show though. And then, and then behind it, we have a whole bunch of pops. Pops are big. I guess. Yeah. We don't have as many pop dealers at our shows. We have some, but I was surprised at how many vintage toy guys we had bring stuff. I, I, I was just shocked because, you know, before the pandemic hit, I felt like all the shows were just kind of getting overwhelmed with pops, like too many pops. Everybody had them and they had like a big cage full of pops or whatever. And it was like, man, everybody's got these pops and I don't have anything against them or anything because collect, I just don't knock people's collecting habits. It's whatever you're into, but it, 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 it was take, they were taking over. And so when I put on the show, I, I assumed I was going to get inundated with pop dealers, but I didn't I have, I think a, an amount of pops that there's a selection of them there at the show, but there's, it's not overrunning the show. It's just mixed in. That's and no, there'll be pops at, at retro expo, but there's going to be a ton of vintage toys, a ton of comic books. We've got some record dealers coming to retro. Expo. nice is different, different. I hope they do well, you know, cause we'd love to have them, you know, keep coming back. Cause I collect records. Yeah. So we wanted to bring in, you know, all kinds of just, you know, cool pop culture related collectible dealers. The 90s Star Wars stuff, of course. That was between, uh, between films, right? When they. Yeah. That was such a big deal when they came out. I think they came out in the, they re-released the Kenner line of action figures in 94 or was it? Somewhere right in there, 94, 95. And boom. It, yeah, it was an exciting time because Star Wars had been gone for like 10 years. It just disappeared. No one cared. And then the figures were back. And I was in my 20s, I guess, when those came out again. And I was putting on comic shows in Tulsa, Oklahoma with a, with a comic store for a guy, a friend of mine that owned a comic shop and we were putting on an annual show. And when those came out, man, people, I mean, they were just as excited about him as, as we were as kids. I thought. Now, was this the, the He-Man sized figures where they all look like they were? Well, they're not He-Man sized, but they, they have big muscles. They're, they're <laughs> over. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think the, they were highly influenced by the Spawn figures at that time. Cause Spawn was like the hot new action figure at that time. <laughs> and that was, uh, the McFarlane, McFarlane. Yeah, McFarlane Spawn figures. Yeah. I think that, that they, they beefed them up to kind of compete with Spawn figures. That's just my opinion. <laughs> now lunch boxes, those, those still big. Oh Yeah. Yeah. And you can see there at the top, he's got some old school metal ones and then into the nineties and two thousands, they went plastic. It, well, there, there's some late eighties ones too, because there's, there's some, there's like Ghostbusters and other movies of that era, plastic boxes as well. But it just depends on when you grew up and what one you carried as a kid, like to, to a lot of people, the plastic ones mean more because that's what they had. But again, now I, I had a metal. Yeah, I had a, I had a, I had the metal one growing up, and I actually found in a Goodwill a couple of years back, and it had the thermos in it with the cup. It was the Apollo mission. That order. Yeah. Ask me where it is now. I couldn't tell you. Bring on to that order. Yeah, yeah, that's an old box. Yeah. I remember I, 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 I it's written with everything is redder. That's super rare. Yeah. It didn't have that little, you know, the little clip that came over to hold the thermos in place that it, I guess had broken off, but I mean, it, it had the thermos in it with the, with the cup and the, and the screw lid and uh, yeah, the, the metal box was, was 
pretty decent shape. Was is it a square or was it a dome? The what do you the cup? No, the box. Uh, it was a square. It was a square one, like like the Galactica. Okay. Okay. Because you know the the first kids' lunch boxes were actually domed, dome shaped. You know, they had a square bottom and a dome top. Just like, you know, the old school, you know, lunchbox you see worker, you know, a construction worker carrying. They use that same yeah. shape and design for kids' boxes, but then they painted, you know, Star Trek on it or Lost in Space. So some of those these sci-fi TV shows and the Western ones like Coppola and Cassidy were actually in a, in a domed box. And then, and then early seventies and beyond is what you're talking about. Yeah. And then in the early seventies, they went to the square, uh, the, that top shelf looking one. And then here's the VHS tape. Yeah. I think I got, I think I got every one of those. Yeah. Those are great. Cause the, the, the white screen original trilogy is a, in this is fun because you can actually see the unedited, you know, pre-episode four Star Wars. And I think, I think that's, I have the Ewok on the site. That's the one you got, John. That's the one I got. He's got two of them. I probably have two of them somewhere. And he's using one as a doorstop. Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got a lot of stuff on on this shelf here. I you know like I said I can't I can't wait. I have I have that from Star Wars to Jedi. I know I got that. Oh yeah, it's a great documentary too. It's really it's yeah. a really good one. I think that one's on YouTube, but it's a good documentary. Yeah. Back in the days, you had to buy the box set just to watch it. Yeah, yeah, that's the only way. Now it's just YouTube everything. Look at that Silver Surfer back there. That I couldn't believe that guy had that. The it was one of those uh, fantastic, you know, Fantastic Four two. Remember that, John? Can you huh? zoom in on that? No, I think they're done. Can you zoom in on the picture? No, that other one. There he goes. Whoa! Yeah, that's going to be at the show. It was at my last show, and it did sell. And it was expensive too. I can't remember what the oh, box was. But it, it, it's one of the, it was a theater prop, like an expensive, you know, theater prop that was sent out to promote Fantastic Four 2 when, it, you know, the, the, the movie that had Silver Surfer in it. And it was beautiful. I couldn't believe he had that thing. And that Spider-Man, of course, is another like movie theater, like promo prop piece. And that sold as well. Wow. I see Mickey well, on being with the weird clothes. That's gonna be hard to come by these days. So I'm sure those props would be. Oh, that all man. Dude. He he brought like four or five of them. I guess some guy sold him his entire collection of them, and he brought them all to the show, and they they all sold. And and said, "Well, I'm gonna go back to the guy's house and see if he'll sell me more of them." <laughs> so for the for the next for retro exos, so I'm hoping he gets more from the guy. That, that's another, that's another realm of collecting. I don't do it, but I know I have friends that that's what they collect now. They don't collect toys anymore. They collect these, these six foot figures, you know, different companies have made them. Like I think General Giant has made some of just like, you know, larger scale action figures essentially, but you know, like Star Wars storm, stormtroopers and all the different troopers, there's guys that collect just the life size versions of those. Which is very cool, but they're super expensive. Yeah, eight thousand. If anything, the nine thousand to the ones I've seen. I did a video with uh, Marvel, and that it's crazy money, dude. Mm. And it's not Star Wars. That's Marvel. Yeah. You don't like the one. This 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 was you, Jeff. At when you saw that's that. the best thing I ever saw. <laughs> but so the the show opens on the 23rd of july that's a going to be a vip early open for shopping correct yeah yeah and, and then, four four to seven p.m on friday 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 july 23rd 
is the VIP uh, night. And then Saturday, July 24th is from nine to four is our general admission. And what do you have, what do you have coming up and where after the, the, the Plano? Well, we're coming back to Plano. Let's see, let me get, make sure I got that date correct here. All of the info that I'm sharing with you guys is on our website, retroexpo.com. So it's real easy to, to find uh, retroexpo.com. We'll be back at the same Plano Event Center November 12th and 13th. Okay, any, any anywhere else around the country or is that the next yeah, one? Let's see, my show after that, I'm doing one in, let's see, Missouri. And that one's September 11th and 12th of this year. Okay. In Springfield, Missouri. And then we'll be back here in July, 2022 again in Plano. So, so we're going to do it twice a year at the Plano Event Center. Retrax. Well, uh, I'll be there, man. Jeff and I are both, will both be there on the 24th. And uh, we can't wait to to meet you in person. We'll, I don't know, I, I, what did, you know, you hate to ask this, but I guess you have to. Are there any health requirements to, or is it uh, is it wide open? No, everything's, Everything just as it is in the state of Texas, it, because it's a city-owned venue, they have to follow state guidelines, so they can't require anything. Okay. Um, so you, like, you own it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So we're we're just, it's optional. It's up to you. And, um, the, the building can't enforce anything again as a city-owned entity. So right. the only reason yeah, is because I, you know, it's, it's it's very rare nowadays you get to say, I can't wait to meet you face to face, you know, instead yeah. of mask mask. So well we I, we did our first show in New Braunfels, Texas about two months ago. Masks were still the mask mandate had not been lifted in Texas. And so we we had to everyone had to wear masks, dealers and customers. And then the show we did in Dripping Springs, which is near Austin. They had dropped the mandate and the facility didn't require them. And so we didn't, we didn't wear masks and people would come in with masks and they'd say, do we have to wear this? And we'd say, we're not wearing it. You don't have to wear it. And people just first, they didn't want, they didn't want to wear. Now, some, a few people did, but I understand if you, if you're, you know, have health issues or concerns or whatever, then, you know, wear, by all means, wear it. Yep. Yep. I agree. Wear a Wookiee mask, you know. <laughs> it won't do. Okay. Well, I hope I hope the uh, the show is a big success, and I can't wait to 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 venture around the the dealer's room and and see what I will tell my wife what I can buy. Yeah, I'm telling people that save your pennies. It, it, there's going to be good stuff there. I know. I already. I have been holding my fire for some time now for this show because I know. So much good stuff is coming because at my last show, there was so much good stuff. And uh, so I, in between these shows, I haven't been buying stuff from anyone else. Cause I'm like, my dealers are just going to break just incredible. stuff, and that's why people will want to go, like I said, the, the hardcores, like, you know, the, the collectors that, you know, don't roll into a toy show without a few hundred dollars in their pockets. Trust me, they're coming to, to, to buy some stuff. That's, that's what VIP night is, is, was all about. It's for the guys that they're just dying to get in there and get the stuff before anyone else. So I'm that way. That's why we made that, that early entry, you know, that it's more expensive, but it's something that the Chicago, like I said, the Chicago toy show is one of my favorites and they do that on setup day, they sell an expensive ticket to just the general public. If you want to come in here and pay $50, that's what they charge. You know, you can, but you got to give us 50 bucks and I pay it because I want to get in there the day before all the crowds get in there and get the good stuff. So that's what we made that. All right. Well, you know, again, I can't wait to, uh, to get down there and, and, and wander the aisles. Any, any last uh, questions, Jeff, you have? Looking forward hanging out with you, Scott. Man, I wish I could hang out with you the day before because I know I'm like you. 
might have to put a second mortgage on the home. You got to build a room for Spider-Man and I understand I'm right. I'm right there with you. I've got the fever now, you know, so I wish it was this weekend, but it is the weekend after one. Got to wait one more week. One more week to get the build up. And, you know, if, if we, hopefully we run into you on, on Saturday and we can do something live from the floor of the show. Now there's a special giveaway, right? Did you guys talk about it yet? The coupon we do have, uh, yes, I have a discount code and it is my friend, uh, all one word, my friend. And it's, you have to buy the tickets at Retro Expo to get the 25% off. So use that my friend code. It's, it's basically go to Retro Expo, go to the ticket page, click on the ticket that you want. Go to the car and type in my friend, all one word, and it's going to automatically take 25% off your price total at the bottom. So you'll see the discount before you check out. All right. Excellent. Well, Scott, thank you very much. It was, it was, it's been a pleasure to, uh, to finally talk to you outside of, of email. I know you, you've had a busy couple of setting up and getting, getting ready to, to start life again. Uh, it feels like, and thank thank you for your time. And Jeff, we look forward to seeing you next time on the uh, the Geek and I podcast. And we will catch you guys Saturday, the twenty fourth, July twenty fourth, from the Plano Event Center, uh, right here in Plano, Texas. Come on down to Retro Expo and bring your cash because you're going to want to leave with a whole bunch of stuff. So, Scott, thanks. Don't That's- forget for hardly John and Jeff. Yes, we'll be there. We'll be signing. You don't even have to pay for our autographs. <laughs> Free autographs, Scott. It's all right. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Yeah. So thank you. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. And we will talk to you in, in just over a week. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. The Geek and I Podcast. Part of the Geek News Now Podcast Network.